Good afternoon. This is Pastor Bill Gay here at Solid Rock Bible Church here in, in Reno, Texas. Uh, just wanted to uh, welcome you today. I hope we have some people out there that you will hear this message. Uh, we usually do it on a Wednesday or Tuesday. It seems like we've had a little problem this week, so we had to move it to Thursday. But I hope you find it and be on Facebook. Uh, but I've got a little message I'd like to bring to you. It's kind of a different message than what I usually do. I'm going to start out with a little story, and then I'm going to go into my message. And it's, 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 it's fairly short. So uh, y'all just bear with me. But uh, And I'm sure that I'm entitled my message, Our Hope. You know, all of us should have hope of eternal life and being with the Lord Jesus Christ for all eternity. So it kind of leads into that, but it said, but anyway, I'm sure that most of you have heard of the Hope Diamond. Uh, it's been said that it's the world's most perfect blue diamond there is. And it's one of the most valuable gems on the face of the earth, and it's estimated to be worth about $250 million. This Hope this diamond is an, has an amazing history behind it. And it's said that the Hope Diamond was passed down from King Louis of France to Marie Antoinette, then to Catherine the Great, then to, George, to King George of England, and then to various, very, very wealthy people. But despite this diamond's great value, one of its eccentric owners uh, would often put this blue diamond, she would strap it to her dog's collar and just let the dog run around with it. Can you imagine $250 million diamond strapped to a little dog's collar and him running around with it? And there's also some stories that, that uh, she would misplace it in some of her parties. In other words, she would hide it. And then she would make a game out of it. She called it Finding Hope. And uh, that would be a pretty good reward for whoever found it. And I guess she's lucky she got it back. But, but then eventually that Hope Diamond ended up with a New York diamond merchant named Harry Winston, who later donated it to the Smithsonian Institute or Museum. And today, the Hope Diamond sits behind a guarded bulletproof glass. And uh, what was astonishing about the way that uh, Mr. Winston sent this diamond, it said the way that Harry Winston sent the Hope Diamond to the, to the Smithsonian Museum was through the U.S. mail in a brown paper bag. Can you imagine something worth $250 million being sent through the mail in a brown paper bag? There was a little note here in this story, and I guess it's true, and it said, this is why it is said you should never let a man wrap and send gifts. And I guess that would be true. But think about it. We see the Hope Diamond strapped to a dog's collar and the dog running around. We see the Hope Diamond just kind of hid and played games with and then sent through the mail in a brown paper bag. This was something so valuable, but yet it was so unappreciated. The people that had it did not really appreciate that diamond. As much as it was worth, they just really didn't regard what it was. And you know, I think this is something like a whole lot of us. 
It reminds me of one of the most precious gifts that God has given us and something that so many do not appreciate. That we just don't appreciate what God's done. And I'm talking about our gift of salvation. The gift God has given us to save us. And you know, it's going to save us from the future judgment. There's a judgment coming. But if we are saved, we will not face that judgment. We will face a judgment, but it will be called the judgment seat of Christ. And that has nothing to do with our salvation. The judgment seat of Christ simply is where Christ rewards us for the things that we did and what we achieved for Him and for God here on earth. And he, we will get crowned is what He's going to reward us And uh, He will judge us. But it has nothing to do with our salvation. Now some people are going to have many crowns. Some people will have a few. Maybe just one. But you know, whatever, however many crowns we got, we're going to be in heaven with Jesus Christ for all eternity. And I think way too often we take God's gift of our salvation for granted. I think we do. Because, I, I, you know, there's a lot of people I know that... Uh, they said that they came down and received Christ as their Savior. And then before I know it, they're out here running around in the world doing the same old things that they used to do. So I have to believe that they seriously did not receive Christ as their Lord and Savior. If they did, they would not be doing the things that they are doing. And, uh, and that is very, very dangerous. Very dangerous. And, uh, you know, the Bible calls... This salvation, they call it so great a salvation. So great a salvation. When we believe in Jesus Christ and turn from our sins, this wonderful and great gift that is worth far more than a whole diamond, it becomes ours. Do you realize the gift of salvation is worth more than any whole diamond? That whole diamond is not going to get you in heaven. It's not going to give you eternal life. But salvation will. It will give you eternal life. This that we should not take our salvation for granted. You know, God has forgiven our sins and given us eternal life through His Son Jesus Christ. Now, you think about the price that Jesus Christ paid for our sins. And the Bible tells us that in Ephesians two eight and nine, it says, "For by grace you have been saved through your faith, and that not of yourselves." In other words, you didn't work for it. You didn't do anything but receive Christ for your salvation. It is the gift of God, not of lest anyone should boast. You cannot go say, well, I did this and I did that and I worked so hard and, and I did all this kind of stuff and that's why I'm saved. No, you're saved because of God's grace and His love for you and your faith in Jesus Christ. That's how you're saved. So let's just don't take God's gift of salvation for granted because I'm going to tell you what now, you cannot put a price on the gift of salvation. You cannot put a price on it. Just think of what God's gift costs. The Bible says our salvation was bought with a very, very costly price. The life of God's only begotten Son. God gave His Son's life so that we could be forgiven, and that we could be saved, have eternal life, and be in heaven with Him for all eternity. He sacrificed His Son for us so that we could have salvation. Now that is a high price and that is love that we should never 
look down upon, but be so thankful that God loved us that much. And again, just look at John 3.16. Yes, we we all know it. We've heard it. We've heard it and heard it. But do we really think about what it's saying? For God so loved the world. That's us. We are the world. Then, He gave His only begotten Son, which is Jesus Christ, that whosoever would believe in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. You know what perish means? Perish means to be separated from God for all eternity. That's that's perish. When you are separated from God for all eternity, but He sent His Son so that we should not perish or be separated from Him. Through Jesus Christ, we've got a brand new relationship with God. We didn't have a relationship with God because of our sin. God couldn't look at us. But when Jesus came and died on that cross, shed His blood, for the forgiveness of our sins, that restored our relationship with God the Father. And it was all through Jesus Christ. It was all because of God's love. And and too many of us, we take that for granted. I've talked to people, and and I know that they are in sin. I know some of the things they're doing. I I don't tell them I know what they're doing. But I do. And it's just like, well... One of these days, maybe I've, I will probably, you know, start going to church and I will turn to God. You know, the first thing I ask them, what if you don't do that? What if you don't have time? What if you die before you do that? You ever thought about that? Life is so precious. But we're not promised anything above what we're doing right now. We're not promised the next ten minutes. We're not promised tomorrow. We're not promised a week, a year. We're not promised nothing except... It, as a matter of fact, the Bible says that we all have an appointment. For it is appointed unto man once to die, then the judgment. We all have an appointment. We don't know when that appointment comes. The only thing where our time comes and God calls us, be ready. Because you may not have time to repent. You may not have time to get ready. We have to be ready. And so many people, oh, it wouldn't happen to me. It couldn't happen to me. Look how young I am. Let me tell you something. Why don't you just walk to a graveyard right now and look at some of those cemeteries. Look at the dates on them. Look how young that person was when they was put in that grave. No, it can happen to any of us at any time. The only thing we can do is be ready. God has made the way, the only way, and that's through His Son, Jesus Christ. There is no other way. He is the way, the only way. And then look here at 1 John 5, 12. It says, He that has the Son, or he who has accepted Jesus Christ, has life. And he that has not the Son, or has not accepted Christ, has not life. That is pretty clear, isn't it? When you accept Jesus Christ in your heart, you know, many, many people, like I said a while ago, they'll come down, they'll accept Jesus Christ, and they're real serious about it for about that month. Then all of a sudden, they start skipping to Sunday, two Sundays, three Sundays. Pretty soon they're not even in church anymore. They're out doing the same thing that they were doing. I don't believe they accepted Christ, not in their heart. If they did, you would be so full of joy, so full of love, so appreciative of God that you would not do that to God. You would continue serving Him, loving Him, obeying Him, you wouldn't be back in that world where you came out of. You 
have to truly accept God and believe in your heart. Believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that He died, was buried, and then on that third day, He arose. So if you can believe that in your heart, you are saved. And then I've had people say, for all the things I've done, how can God forgive me? God can. As a matter of fact, He even gives us a scripture for that. He said, for whomsoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whomsoever, that's anybody that will believe and receive Jesus Christ into their heart and, and believe it in their heart. God will take them in. He knows, he knows what you've done. And He knows if you're, if you're sincere. See, that's the thing about it. A lot of people, well, you may fool people, but you cannot fool God. You cannot fool God. You may fool, you may fool the pastor. You may fool the people in the church, but you cannot fool God. So no, when you accept Jesus Christ, it better be in your heart or it's null and void because you have not done what God said you must do in order to be saved. You know, so let me ask you a question. Do you have the Son? Have you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior? You won't have to make that decision. Nobody can make it for you. Your pastor can't make it for you. Your wife, your kids, whoever, they can't make it for you. This is between you and God. Nobody else. And you've got to be sincere. God has given us a great hope in what Christ has done for us. So I'm going to say it right now. Don't take God's salvation for granted. Appreciate it. Love it. Serve God. Make sure that Jesus Christ, that you believe in your heart. He is the Son of God. He died. And on that third day He arose. And the Bible says you shall be saved. Romans 10, 9 and 10. And the other one was Romans 10, 13. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Well, I've said what I want to say. So if you're here today and you have not accepted Jesus Christ, look at this day and time. Look what's going on. You're not guaranteed tomorrow. You're not guaranteed, like I said, the next few minutes or anything else. You're guaranteed the presence that you're in right now. If you have not accepted Christ, I would pray that you would really consider and turn around. That's what, that's what repent means, to turn around, turn from your sins, and to come to God. I pray that you would repent, turn around, come to God, and ask His forgiveness, because I guarantee you, if you ask in your heart, believe in your heart, He will forgive you, you are on your way now. If you haven't received God, wouldn't you do that today? Wouldn't you do it today and receive Jesus Christ? Could we pray? Father God, I come to you. Lord, I preach the message that you have asked me to preach. Lord, I didn't pull no punches. I just said it like it is. I made it easy to understand. Lord, I pray that there's somebody out there that's been on the verge of coming to you and just haven't done it, Lord. It says they cannot come to you unless you draw. Lord, I'm asking you to put it on their heart, put it on their conscience. Draw them to you. Draw them to your Son, Jesus Christ. Let them receive Him into their life. And Lord, when they receive Him, they receive you. And Lord, they will have eternal life. 
Put them in church, Lord. Let them get to know you. Let them get in a relationship with you. Lord, that's what it's all about. It's not about religion. It's about relationship with the Heavenly Father. So, Lord, thank you for allowing me to stand here this evening and bring your word. And I just pray, Lord, that somebody's heard it and somebody has said yes to you. So, Lord, thank you. And, folks, I will see you all again next week. And uh, we'll see what the Lord has next week. Meantime, God bless you. I love you. God loves you. And so, Lord, I just ask you to put your hedge of protection around those. And, Lord, watch over them. Draw them to you. And, Lord, let's fill these churches back up for your glory. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.